Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito. And I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Bonus content! Bonus content! Hey, listen, Food Court will be coming back with new episodes this spring, but until then, here is some fun bonus content to tide you over. In this bonus content on the Food Court with Richard Blaze, you don't want to miss it. We're talking about things that annoy us. It's a long list. Let's hear from Julie and Amy from the heated cilantro debate. Richard, what is your biggest pet peeve as a restaurateur with customers at your restaurants? Mm, wow. Let's see. A pet peeve of customers, because I probably have very, very many of them. I, th- <laughs> I know I have very many of them. I, I, think it's, I think it's pictures and like pictures of the food that they're eating. Like everyone is so obsessed with social media that it's great. And we want them to take pictures because they're, you know, they're basically providing ads for us. But not everyone's a great photographer. And the lighting in most restaurants is not so great. So like that's sort of a pet peeve for me. I want you to take pictures, but I want you to show up at 5 p.m. and shoot it outside in the hallway between 5 and 6 p.m. during magic hour. Right. I think that that's my issue with uh, social media and food. Right. Flash photography on food is usually looks terrible. Really, really That's bad. what it is. And it's like I know what the food also like looks like when it was made. And it's just, ah, oh, it just does not look so good yeah. at 9 p.m. in a dark dining room. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Do yeah. you... How do you feel about people asking for substitutions? Okay, so this is where, again, I think the old school chef, some of the people we've had on Food Court are like, no substitutions. Yeah. I am the chef. My way or you can leave. No silver dollar pancakes for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I do it. I'm in the hospitality business, and at the end of the day, all we want to do is make people happy. So if we have the ability to make the substitution, then we will. So like... You know, sometimes people will be like, well, I want a side of broccoli with the salmon. And if we don't have broccoli in the building, that's not something that we can do. But I have no problem with it, especially because I'm on 
a lot of weird nutrition things myself. And I am that person in restaurants who usually wants to swap out a vegetable for this or a starch for that or something like that. So if it makes the guest happy, we're all about it. Catherine and Josh took on bagels and jump into this discussion. Yeah. Uh, What is one social media trend or thing you see a lot that you're just, you're over and you just can't stand it in the food world? Who wants to take a shot at? Okay, I'll take a shot. It's it's like a very non-consequential one, but it's, (laughs) this is so stupid. Uh, The way that burritos are styled in pictures are not the way that burritos will ever come in real life. People take a burrito. You're talking about a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the only way to shoot a sandwich that is an open face or a bagel, you cut it in the middle, you split it open, you splay it to the camera. Yeah. You just pull it apart and splay it. And people are pulling apart these burritos and splaying them. And then they are food styling on Instagram photos, putting whole shrimp in there, like uh, squirreling sauces on the outside of it. And to me, every time I see one, I'm just like, that's not indicative of what an actual burrito is mm. or looks like, man. Let burritos be burritos sometimes. I like that. Or at least like if you're just going to do it, then then shoot it there. Don't yeah. start inserting yeah. stuff into it. There's other troubling things like kids are eating Tide Pods or whatever. But no, for me, it's <laughs> yes. the burrito thing. Yeah. I did a segment once and it was for Tide. <laughs> there you okay. go. Wow. Sorry, so it was a Tide like integration in a, in a segment on a morning show. And like, but they were like very, very serious about, hey, no jokes about eating these Tide Pods. Oh, to me, they look like delicious molecular gastronomy raviolis. Yeah, agree. Yeah. I was gonna say, are they sponsoring this, or can we talk about how good they are? <laughs> right. right, like it's like, but they kind of look yeah. delicious. I, yeah, this a little is... blueberry fluid gel in there. Like, come on, that's great. Oh, fluid gel. Interesting. Is, is, is fluid gel one of, as a writer? Is that when you see a modernist chef mm-hmm. with one of these terms on the menu? Mm-hmm. Is it like? Gel. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're okay with it? No, no. Oh, I, I was going to say it's yeah. deeply annoying. There's yes. a lot of things that chefs do that are deeply annoying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, oh, let's get. Let's. This is what I want to hear. <laughs> what are a couple of things that chefs do that are deeply annoying? Okay. Remember, I'm at least 49% chef at this moment. <laughs> yeah, I would say something that chefs allow to happen that annoys me the most, like have to leave the room, annoys me, is they allow people to call them chef, mm. people who do not work for them. When say a food blogger, a food inf- Instagram influencer is like, "Chef, I loved what you cooked for us tonight. I want, I have, I'm gonna throw up." Right. Chef <laughs> means boss, essentially. This right. person is not your boss. You're using this term to indicate some intimacy that is not there. You guys are in a symbiotic relationship, not a personal one. Right. Let's not pretend otherwise. Mm. It makes me physically ill. Okay, I like that. That's like, yeah, I, not that I do that, so that's good. <laughs> And uh, I'm always, it's always weird when you're receiving that. I was going to say, how yeah. do you feel about no, that? No, I feel the same way. Then it's always like, oh, you know, just call me Richard or Blaze or whatever it is, you know, or that guy with the weird hair or anything, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. That's why I'll, also I don't even, I'm a big no chef coat guy. Thoughts? Like too, too casual? Should chefs be wearing white starchy jackets again? Oh, so when you're working in a kitchen, you don't Apron, wear them? Apron, yes. Okay. But, you know, just there's something about the chef coat to me that is just... I don't know. It's it's a it, there's a pretense to it. Not a, nothing against the people that wear them, mm. but it just I don't know. It, I feel like if you're not comfortable wearing it, you want your chefs to be as comfortable as possible while they're making your food, right? Like, right. Be like in a good headspace about it. This is true. Comfort is really where it comes from, to be honest. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're if you're leading a team, it's like I, I never want to put myself above somebody. Like to me, the best way to lead is by you know humbling yourself mm-hmm. in a little bit of a way. I think people will trust you more that way. And so I think, you know, this idea that you have to be this big vaunted figure to be a chef who's, you know, yelling and all that. And that is certainly played up by certain people in the food media. Um, (laughs) You know, I think it's as much as you can kind of make things more casual and people will be more comfortable 
opening up to you and you know giving you valid criticism i think that's always a good thing yeah josh if you can take shots at me on the microphone you can take a shot at gordon ramsay you can say <laughs> what Who's that? Ooh, the deepest oh. shot thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. that's a good app <laughs> awesome oh, thank so you many... so much that was really great thank you really thanks so much this was fun yes and now Mark and John, who argued Burger King versus McDonald's in an iconic episode, get into this discussion. Unbelievable. Real quick, as, as comedians, food is such, it seems to be just like such an easy topic for every comedian. Is there anything like that, the, any, any sort of like food comedy that you think has just been so overdone at this point? Or Huh. Well, like, you know, maybe like uh, making like dumb jokes about hipsters and their kombucha and they're like cold brews, you know, I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is stuff we all like now. You know what I mean? Like this isn't <laughs> exclusive to people in Silver Lake anymore. Like we all like mm -hmm. that stuff. I was going to say like, like, like that might hit in the middle of the country sure. right now. Right? right. Probably. Just because they're like, oh, kombucha, that's a brand <laughs> but new thing. But they probably drink it now more than anyone. You think? Maybe not more than anyone. More than anyone. But you I'm think sure it's there. People in Tennessee and Kentucky are just gallons of kombucha every day. <laughs> it's replaced sweet know. tea. <laughs> There's one. Kombucha versus sweet tea. I mean. <laughs> Ooh. One, one is mildly alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Have you been? This has happened to me. I've fallen in love again. I've rekindled my relationship with the quesadilla oh. during quarantine. Like, what have you been cooking that, like, maybe you weren't really, you know, messing with pre-pandemic, but now it's like, oh, yeah, I eat this I went through day. a big phase of making my boyfriend's vegan, but I'm not. But I was making veggie chilies. Oh, nice. And, like, I tried, like, three or four different recipes. Then you learn, like, oh, these are all the same. They're just <laughs> all, like, they all have cumin, and it's all the same thing. They're just, like, they're just doing different vegetables every time. Like, I was like, oh, chilies are all the same. Anyone can make a chili. <laughs> It's so easy. <laughs> so I thought chilies are overrated. Yeah, what's the difference between what's the difference between this kale chili and this squash chili? Yeah, yeah it's kale that's and it. squash. But what comes down to a chili's chili, I think. I don't know anything. Well, we have had an epic debate on food court with which, if you're a tr like true Texans, will argue that chili is basically just like it's just meat. I grow to like it without the meat. No beans. I don't need. I don't. I don't miss when there's no meat in there because it's like packed full of beans and everything. Like. Ooh, see, like a true Texan is going to say there's no beans in chili. Well, I live in California. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. John, what about you? What have you learned as a an eater during quarantine? <laughs> My husband, he's he's really gone. It's a real lentil palooza at our place lately. He's really discovered the lentil and all the wonderful ways you can reinvent it or use it in different dishes. So that's good. He also just got, uh, he's also just been buying a ton of cookbooks. Do you know that cookbook? I think it's called Cravings. He made a... Um, mm -hmm like a chicken and dumplings that was incredible. Easily like one of the best things I've had in quarantine. So good. Unbelievable. Gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging thank out you. with us. Let's hear from Naisha and Catherine who argued about Girl Scout cookies. Naisha, what are some food trends that you just are totally over? You're just like, because I know you have some strong opinions. Yes, food trends that I am over. You don't do smoothie bowls, right? No. Okay, cool. No. Okay. Yeah. That's I, fine though. You like I did this I once with John and Vinny and they were like fried chicken sandwiches. Like, <laughs> by the way, you guys by the way, the worst. let's go. Like, we, I got another 45 <laughs> minutes. Let's go dirty. I love a good smoothie, but I, I prefer mine in a glass, which I imagine glass. Right. Mm -hmm. Respect that. I, I don't understand a spoon in I, a smoothie. I that it baffles yeah. my brain cells. Yeah. Why would you put smoothie in a bowl? I, I, it, I don't understand. Little known fact, even when I make nice cream, I eat it with a straw. 
Right. Well, why can't then? Can you just make it a little thicker, and then it's like a, an acai bowl? You have no problem with acai bowl. I have no problem. With, I mean, there's okay. texture. Mm, you know. It. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, as long as the acai is more like sorbet, like totally, you're fine with it. Totally. It's more just like sorbet, a soup. Of yeah, ex- exactly. It's a vichyssoise, a mm. sweet vichyssoise smoothie bowl. I'm not there down. I like that how you also made it very like like towards Catherine. You're like, hey, before I say this, you're so nice too. Like. I might be offending you. I'm sorry. Is this going to make you mad? <laughs> Although, how do you do those live segments when like it takes two minutes to make a smoothie? That's when when I told them, I was like, I don't know if I have enough content. I made cookies once. I've only done a smoothie like, once. Okay, But I enough. can talk about every ingredient. Like, till I, like they're like, it's an hour's up. Let's go. Back to you, Naisha. I don't know. I'm, I'm, since, I, you know, you're the, like, the restaurateur here, what are the best and worst things about the food scene in LA? This is for both of you. Ooh. I was. I wanted to ask you so many questions about smoothies, but um, oh, go, I mean, you can. No, I'll be done with that. Are you like? Do you put lions? Mate, are you in? Yes. I, I mean, any ashwagandha, right? Uh, All about it. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, I mean, you have to be an adopter. People are like, <laughs> yeah, totally. So baby steps. So totally. just to be clear, only Gwyneth Paltrow knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Gwyneth, I don't know if you're listening right now, but Reishi Ashwagandha. This is the Richard Blaze Goop podcast. Right. I actually, I, I did an event for Goop and I opened with that. I was like, I'm only using Reishi and Ashwagandha and like a couple of other ingredients that I forget right now. And they thought it was like, I Hilarious. killed. Hilarious. Yeah. I killed. It. They were you, like, oh, it's so spoke. funny. Oh uh, Best and worst things yeah. of Los Angeles. Amazing question. Thank you for asking. I'm very passionate about it as I am a third generation Angelino. Amazing. Mm. So, sort of the on flux of a lot of big name chefs, quote unquote, mm, coming into LA mm, for is, me. Yeah, it's a, it's it, it's not discerning. I think you know we're definitely adding this sort of beautiful melange and potpourri to the terroir of Los Angeles. There's no doubt about that. But the reality is, Los Angeles has a very particular soul, and it's it's it takes, I like to call it intergenerational legacy to really carry that out. It's the intangible, it's the love and, and the recipes that really connect us. And it's important to keep that alive, especially in a day, you know, when sort of like Jonathan Gold is not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot more minds coming into the pot of uh, life, so to speak. So it's important to understand the dialogue and sort of the agenda of us as individuals and also as a, as a whole, as a life team. So, yeah, I mean, good and bad things. I think it's uh, Los Angeles is a very spread out sort of community. It's sort of difficult to try to generate these pockets of like, like, you know, uh, communities. They're Mainly very... because of traffic. 100%. Make it break it down to its most basic element. 100%. But... I read a meme the other day that was like, it takes an hour to get to from Los Angeles to Los Angeles. Like anywhere in Los Angeles is going to take you an hour. I I drive up from San Diego like multiple times a week and the only issue I have is the last 10 miles of my life. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see these neighborhoods and pockets come to life within themselves, downtown Los Angeles, you know, the Arts District area, uh, West Adams, Jefferson, Baldwin Hill, all these little smaller communities of restaurants which drive... The economy of a neighborhood. So follow um, follow that up. What's what's a community or or a neighborhood that you're like really stoked about right now? So stoked about West Adams Jefferson okay. area. I like adore. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah, my parents grew up in Inglewood, and it's like it's just sort of adjacent, but it just is this working class, quintessential, lovely heart of LA. You know, gorgeous homes, gorgeous homes, great communities, great community, Supp- super supportive of each other. A hundred percent. A lot of my friends are in that neighborhood, raising families in this neighborhood. And it's, it's just, um, I really love it. 
Really love it. Yeah. Mm. Catherine, what about you? Favorite or th something you're over, something about the food scene here in LA you like or you don't? I like, well, I like that right now we're sitting on my church. I mean, we're sitting right above the farmer's market that's on Sundays here. So for me, like what's happening in Los Angeles that I don't think is happening anywhere else. And what we're so lucky is where we are. But like every restaurant, there's restaurants I eat in right now. There's a restaurant called All Time. And I eat and I'm like Harry's Berries, Wiser Farms, Underwood Family Farms. Like mm -hmm. I can taste the flavor, the complexity, what chefs in Los Angeles and California get to work with is just like on another level. It is. And it's very, as someone who, again, came here from Atlanta and I'm a native New Yorker, like even our friends who are like really great chefs, they they don't really understand that completely till they come out here. And someone told me when I moved here, like your whole food, your food will totally change. And mainly because of the ingredients. And absolutely. And, and, and that's what happened. It's so much like, fun right now. And this, I'll just drive this home. Like if like romaine lettuce, it's a boring, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this right now. Love and rarely it. do I like to talk like a chef anymore. Love so this it. is kind of fun. But like when I had my first bite of romaine lettuce in Southern California, it blew me away. I had never oh, yeah. tasted romaine lettuce like that. And yeah. this was at like a fast casual wow. taco place. Yeah. And I was like, that's the difference. There. No, that's the level. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, without sounding like an elitist Californian, it's, like, yeah. Yeah, it's not though. Like I made someone a, a salad yesterday. I was like, Do you have, can I make you a salad? She's like, sure. She, and then she was eating. She was like, you put little gems and this crazy like Chinese celery. And it was radish blossoms. Like I'd gotten the radishes with the blossoms and chopped off the top. Like it's become so much more like top to bottom. Like you use everything. And, it, you know, you just the flavor. It's like. Mm, seed to stock, right? I don't know who stock. coined that. It might have been Jeremy Fox. I don't know. Someone like that. I like this yeah. whole seed to stock thing. But it's a special place for sure. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll do it again. Round two. Donuts. I don't know. It'll be something. <laughs> Listen, everyone, what do you think? I know that you're going to let me hear about it on social media. Food Court is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Bamahi. Food Court was created by our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are Gabrielle Collins, David Wasserman, and Jasmine Blaze. The theme song is by Jason Naismith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite food shows. And until next week, Food Court is adjourned. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. 
Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.